2: you're going to go on a killing spree, a shot, and a nail. It, <laughs> it, it,
0: it, 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 it. confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which,
2: could not be more professional. It's all one, to my life
0: do. that's okay. It means something, it means something. You know, that's my take on with what's yours.
2: Protonic <laughs> River Song.
1: That's like a science thing, right?
0: Indeed it is. Indeed it is. the a science thing. It is. A science place is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. Welcome to the one,
1: the only. Protonic Reversal.
0: Yeah, here we are. Another show. So, I uh, got a treat for you. We have Ms. Donna Diane from. Donna Diane. Ugh, <laughs> off to a great start. Donna Diane from Juna. So that's very alliterative. Uh, They just released a very cool record called Exvoto. V-O-T-O. Uh, That's quite interesting. And Donna is both the singer, the guitar player, and her leg is the bass player in that there's a Moog sort of keyboard situation going on that uh, she constantly is... Playing the entire time she's singing in playing, And then of course it's uh Nikki Smalls from Fig Limbs on the old uh drum duties, which hey, nothing wrong there. But he's only doing the one job, so he's got that going for him. And uh, yeah, it's quite good. Uh, if you knew Beat Drun Jewel, that was Donna's old band. Also great. Looking forward to talking to her about Beat Drum Jewel. And yeah, should be a good time. Let's uh, let's hear a couple tunes. From Xvoto. You can get this at juna.bandcamp.com. I'll do this later in the show as well, but it's D J U N A H, Juna. So, not the easiest name in the world to remember, but you know, it's chill. Anyway, here's Nurse and (laughs) Nun. And that's Nurse and Nun by Juno off of the record X Photo. And on the phone right now, we have Donna. Hey, Donna, how's it going?
1: Hi. Ah, there
0: we go. Okay. It's got turned <laughs> off and turned on. Okay, Donna, oh. welcome.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So we played uh, Nurse and Nun on the show, which is one of the songs you've kind of been teasing forward with, it with this new record. Uh, this is the first proper record by Juno, correct? Yes. Now, you did have the... There was that very powerful video for uh, Brother that came out uh, before this, but uh, was that a previous recording, or was it something that... Because I, I know that it is, um, not wasn't in this bunch, necessarily, but it did exist as its own entity.
1: Yeah, that, that was kind of like a, a last-minute thing we did um, just as a like, political... A political statement before the midterm elections. We we were planning on recording it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we just like it was basically like we um, performed it live. This is right after like the Brett Kavanaugh hearing debacle.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's as good as place any to start uh, (laughs) because.
1: Oh, (laughs) sorry.
0: No, 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 no. That's I I was the one that kind of put that as an aside. (laughs) So it's it's not like I haven't been doing this for 140 shows. So you know whatever. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that was, uh, again, to set, the, to set the, the framework for this. That was around the time of the, the, the Kavanaugh hearings. And, uh, yeah, the video uh, with that is, is, is nuts as well. Like, it's really intense and uh, it, in a very cool way. Um, so, yeah, please tell us, tell us the story of how that came to pass.
1: Yeah, so, like, it was, like, right after um, Christine Blasey Ford's testimony – um, and every it was just like this moment. All like, all these women were coming forward with like their stories of sexual assault from their lives, and like, we played a show like right in the middle of that. And I like took the voice like voices of like the protesters and everything. We kind of like played it live over the song. And the director of the vi- who the guy who ended up being the director of the video, Dave Vintauskas, was in the audience, and he was like he came up to me after the show and he was like, let's do this right now. Let me make a video for you and we'll get it out before the election, which was like in a matter of weeks. And I was like, uh. really yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, can we actually do this? Yeah, <laughs> and, and then I was like, cause I just felt so strongly about it. I was like, all right, let's do it. We um, went into the studio, cut the track really quick. And like, Dave was just like, get some volunteers together he came up with the whole concept for the video we shot it in one day and then like edited it in like a day and it was it's like a six minute long video so like he's a total hero (laughs) for pulling that off but it was really good I think like a lot of people I got messages from a lot of people who were like I am crying Mm -hmm. after (laughs) watching this I was like that's kind of like the highest compliment i think like if you're a director of a video you can receive well because it's a very evocative song just to begin with but
0: then also when you compare that with uh you know with the visuals and, and like what you did in the video like it's definitely something that you're like oh oh wow okay like this is like not just you know cute cats on the internet
2: yeah
0: <laughs> it's, a it's the kind of thing that even a resting state would be seen as political You know, that said, what is political now, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But I was low-key blown away that you got it out that quickly. Like, it seemed like the turnover on that was, like, crazy. Like, one thing, it was like, oh, here's the thing that's happening. And then, oh, here's, oh, it's a thing that's happening. Oh, all right. Yeah.
1: And, And that's kind of the awesome thing about, you know, creating music at this time with having so much technology that we can do something that high quality that fast is just really incredible so
0: so that ended up being um that ended up being on the record uh but that there was like samples uh, and stuff with that. that how did that that was something that was sort of it was like playing the samples like while you guys were going right like that's how that came to
1: pass when you played it live yeah, yeah, exactly. I just had my husband like standing there with my iPhone, like triggering <laughs> the, the different clips and everything, and it somehow it worked. So it was cool community effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it takes a village, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> nurse and nun. Can you explain the story behind that?
1: Sure. So are you referring to like the album artwork and everything? Yeah, just the is album that where you're getting it? And,
0: and and like the whole yeah, it, it's it's a cool song. There's there's a lot to it, but I feel like there's kind of a lot to like the imagery as well. And I feel like that's something that uh, I-, I would like to know more about.
1: Yeah. So um, the whole concept of like nurse and nun was kind of like the beginning of the song It's sort of talking about like these different roles that women will take on <laughs> and generally. Um, and this song is really weird and like, the first half of it came about, like, at a different time than the second half. The second half is actually based on this, um, like, painting, energy. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the artwork um, for the album is kind of, like, based on that song. So I I wrote the beginning of that song and then um, visited Paris for the first time. I went to the Louvre and I saw this um, 17th century painting that had these, like, nurse nuns in it. And I was like, oh, how funny. And I snapped a picture of it. And then I kind of, like, was doing some research on it and um, learning about, it's called um, Ex Voto de 1662. And so I started learning about different Ex Voto works, and it's this whole Catholic, like, folk art tradition of, like, depicting, like, miraculous healings. Mm Mm-hmm. And um so that kind of relates to the second half of the song which like during the past couple of years I've started like exploring this whole energy healing thing. I don't even do you know what that is? <laughs> or I mean vaguely
0: but let's uh, I mean of course I know but explain for the listeners. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so basically it's like I don't I think it's different depending on who's doing it but it's like this hybrid of like shamanism and like chakra balancing it's just basically like going to see like a spiritual healer which is something like I've never really been open to but I decided to try it a couple years ago based on like a recommendation of a friend and it like has really helped me like I um had like really bad depression for like many years and that's actually been something that's like been instrumental in helping me like heal that and like move beyond it so the the rant at the end of that song is just basically like this like <laughs> crazy like vision i had like during one of these healing sessions that i can't really explain so yeah so there's <laughs> so there's
0: kind of a personal aspect to it as well as just like the like high-minded concept
1: sure sure yeah it like kind of is both at the same time i guess right
0: well, and that's and that's fascinating because again, it's you know it's it's very powerful imagery that that you have on there, but it's you know could also be something like oh this is, looks like a cool album cover, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's also cool. It's it's okay for that to be the case as well. Uh, so I, I generally find band origin stories to be incredibly boring because they are, uh, <laughs> but I think there is an interesting origin story to juna and the fact that of course i was a big fan of beach run jewel your old band Mm. Uh, but after the dissolution of that it wasn't right into doing you know the leg as a bass player and and nicky smalls and the drums there was was kind of a path to that would you would you mind kind of telling the same story that
1: i'm sure you've told at least
0: 15 other times now
1: (laughs) sure so like during at the tail end of beach run jewel it was like I think I kind of, like, subconsciously knew it was not going to last long. Like, it was, like, we were kind of playing infrequently. We were having to, like, turn down some, like, good show offers. And, um, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, if I don't play for, like, at least, like, once a month, I get, like, very pent up (laughs) up and I, like, need to do it. So um, it was like, I I just kind of was like, if I'm going to be able to play, I'm going to have to do it solo. And, you know, in Beach on Jewel, like there was like the bass was like very prominent Mm -hmm. in that band. And I kind of liked hearing the songs with bass. So I kind of like just instinctively just started assembling this like Moog bass organ type thing that I could use to play solo, basically. Just, just, just um, trying to
0: figure out literally the most difficult thing possible that you can Right.
1: Yeah. Well, because right. I'm, yeah. like, weird like that. Because it's, like, I need to play live, but I also have to do it in a way that's satisfying to me or else it won't work. Sure, sure. <laughs> Like, I won't get what I need out of it. Yeah. So it was, like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. And then, like, sure enough, the band ended and, um, and this, like, bass organ thing and then so jesse um the bass player from beat and jewel and i like we were kind of kicking around like just basically starting up basically the same band again but like i don't know, it wasn't really working and then um like one day i was in the practice space and i um i was like i want you to see this like Bass thing that I've rigged up and I was like showing him how I was like playing both at the same time. And he was like, don't start another rock trio, like do this. And that was kind of like, I was like, whoa, you know? And he's like, nobody else is doing. It's super exactly like this right now.
0: (laughs) Nobody. Well, not only is nobody doing it, but I mean, not to put a final point on it, I think, I don't think many people would necessarily have the acumen, uh, interest or ability to To pull it off, like, right? It requires a certain, you know, and, and realize I mean this as a compliment. It reta- it requires a certain amount of crazy to be able, to, yeah. <laughs> to, to try to do something that way.
1: <laughs> well, really, I mean, it's like it's it's so funny because people are like, I could never do that, but I'm like, you could if you wanted. Like, yeah. to me, that's what like like shredding is. Right. It's, it's just, like it's
0: learning the 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 um, coordination. Right. I mean, it's, right. It's, it's just
1: practicing, that, yeah. and it's like do you want it bad? Like for me, it's like, I don't want to like be a shred guitarist bad enough to like practice that much. (laughs) So it's like, I just never went that direction, you know? Right. And like, but it's the same thing as like whatever kind of like style of playing you have. It's like, does it interest you enough to practice or learn how to do it?
0: Well, and for sure, it's something that, know there's a lot of bands out there right so it's something where not a lot of people are doing that for sure i mean maybe you're gonna start a trend who knows yeah (laughs) right in which (laughs) which case hopefully they'll they'll at least hook you up with some uh some free mode gear or something you know but (laughs) yeah i
1: I want that custom taurus but donna diane's signature model (laughs) yeah
0: yeah exactly maybe that's in your future who knows but But it's also, it, it does, and I think there's something to be said for differentiation because I wouldn't go so far as to dismiss uh, the music of Juna as just like an angular noise rock thing necessarily, but there is some something of that element to it. And that's kind of mm-hmm. an entire genre in a lot of ways. <coughs> Pardon. So there, there's like a kind of just like there hasn't been a lot of innovation or, or differences to it. It's almost like for a lot of people, it seems like there's like a rule system and sort of like certain certain things that they just assume are going to be part of it. And it, it allows, uh, it's become from cultural shorthand to be kind of like, Oh, I know
1: what this is going to be. And, and yeah, this is, like, totally different. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I don't know if noise rock is even like the right, label for us but i uh, failure exactly. to it, it, it's completely <laughs> discover reductive it to
0: try to to try to pin it down to one thing right? yeah you know whatever okay. i'm i'm doing a show here and we don't have all night so.
1: <laughs> but yeah like i i feel like i kind of just gravitate towards that label because i feel like people who are into that kind of music will might find what we do enjoyable or like refreshing or something
0: so. <laughs> well, sure, and it, it kind of seems like it, it's something where there's, it's, you know, it's not Prague either. But there's, you know, certain more open-minded people that are into Prague might listen to it and find something there to like. And right, you know, and there's people that might not care about literally any of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but are, you know, but would like the songs, and yeah. you know, and because of that, it, it's very idiosyncratic, It's very, uh, you know, it sounds like itself, which most of my favorite bands do but it isn't necessarily always mm-hmm. rewarding because people are easily confused and they have the attention span of a gnat
1: oh my god you hit the nail on the head <laughs> yeah uh,
0: and so it's something where like how's the experience for that been with playing like uh, uh, you know are, are the sound people like where's the rest of the band or (laughs) are people normally like wait what are you doing like what's 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 all this what's what's happening or are people generally kind of like cool with it like it's
2: yeah i I I know i heard
0: some when i saw you guys play this sorry to just step over over you there but like when i saw you play with screaming females i got more than a, a i overheard a couple very pleasantly puzzled reactions of like where's all
1: the noise coming
0: from which I thought, yeah, was great.
1: <laughs> when we play bigger stages like that, where like most people are not up front and can't tell what we're doing, like um, the, the reactions a lot like, boy, they sound way bigger than you would expect two people to sound. Right. Shrug. <laughs> you know, kind uh-huh, of like okay. But w- when we play <laughs> more like intimate venues where people can get up close, then people get w- super excited about it because they're like, what? what you know which is cool i like doing that but i also like it's weird but i also like playing really big stages too just because like i'm a whore and i like having a lot of room (laughs) (laughs) it's it's nice even though i'm only a two-piece band but
0: well it's also nice to have the good sound system to sort of bring your vision forward as well i mean that's let's not discount that
1: yeah vocally but you know it's just like When I play with, like, a bad PA, I can just feel it in my voice the next day. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because
0: you you want to try to compensate. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's bad. It's a bad habit. Yeah. (laughs) I I I hear it's a bad habit. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, the music is very moody music. It's very dense. Like, even, like, the, you know, there's there's some sparse moments, for sure, but there's a Mm -hmm. lot like you could have wrote songs that made it a whole lot easier on yourself uh, i guess is what i'm saying uh, but you chose to like you know have this articulated vision to bring this forward that you know there is a, there is a good amount going on and you know i think the record reflects that well and uh you know it it seems like the perfect culmination of, of what you've been building for but it, was that with the vision all along or was it more organically
2: Um, Well,
1: actually, a lot of the songs were written for Beat Run Jewel, which is why, compositionally, it has that, um, like, trio-type sound to it. Because it's, like, I think about it, like, when you hear that I'm using, like, a bass synth, most bands that use it, it's more for, like... Texture. Atmospheric, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, subby-type stuff. And so it's kind of, like like a necessity is the mother in- invention type thing where it was like some of these songs like I, I wanted to like, I liked how they sounded in that like trio setting and like the, like beat run jewel ended before we could ever like record them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it was just this moment where I was like, all right, I'm going to do this new thing. Do I just, Throw away these songs and just start From scratch Or do I like pursue it And I was like I loved those songs So much I was like no I need. I just need to finish This album and like Do it so it was like I had to like rewrite The bass parts because obviously I could not play What Jesse was, <laughs> was playing right, like, On an not actual bass same. with it exactly, yeah. Right but like I think the the spirit of it Is that's why I'm, I always say like Juna is kind of like picking up where beach and Jewel left off because it's like it has that like hard edge like rock trio type spirit sure. to it.
0: And, and you had come to the point in beach and Jewel uh, that those songs were you know kind of at the level that you're like all right this is probably time to make another record now and you know, right I only I can understand I can understand how absolutely ridiculous it is that. Uh, you know to to have that
1: kind of fall apart oh my god it broke my heart (laughs) I was that that was a really rough one to get over but I was like I you know I can either let it crush me or I can just be like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna make this album anyway like I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done you know the idea that you were just
0: gonna like make the record and you know kind of all right I guess we'll see what's what
1: yeah, it was, it was like, I didn't even know really what I was going to do. Like, basically, when I started playing solo, I, I did my first solo gig. And then... Which
0: you have to inform the audience, those that don't know. What what was the name of the uh, of the solo oh. version?
1: <laughs> a naked Riding a Lion Made of Fire. Yes. Just per- audacious name. Long name. <laughs> 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 it was definitely, it was like this thing, it was a for this... Festival that goes on in Chicago every winter called Ian's Party. And like the guy who books the festival, like two weeks beforehand, messages me and he's like, What's up with your band? And I was like, It's just done. And then I just started like bullshitting. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, but I have this great solo project that, you know, it didn't have a name. Like it didn't have anything. Like I didn't even know really how to. Play any of the stuff live, but it was like I I needed so badly to play live. I was just like, I'll figure it out. And so (laughs) then I had, he was like, Oh cool, yeah, like send me a photo and you know like tell me the name. (laughs) So I just like made it up. And then yeah, I had two weeks to like put an entire set together, and like it ended up like going so well that that's when I I was like, Okay, I need to find a drummer and like get an appropriate band name and actually do this yeah yeah
0: it's like you're like sure i'll totally do all those things that i already had figured out before this conversation (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) but i mean you know uh, you know speaking personally i always work better with a deadline or something to like work towards as well so that kind of yeah allows you to sort of take it out of the uh the idea of it being this kind of vague amorphous concept and you know being something that exists in the real world definitely so did you find that you know playing those songs as naked regular and made a fire uh changed what the songs were to you before you uh before they became Juno songs or did it kind of stay relatively static
1: um, they, well, the thing that shifted the most was actually my voice. Mm. Um, How so? because, um, Beatron Jewel was, you know, like yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. fucking loud.
0: <laughs> rowdy band. And I say that as a compliment.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was fun, but it was just, you know, everything was turned up to 10. So I, it was just like, you know, I was Not blowing on my nuance. Yeah. Right. I was just constantly blowing out my voice and just like all good technique had gone out the window and like basically kind of stripping it back down to playing solo again forced me to, you know, kind of reconnect with my voice and really get it located in the right place in my body. And then also just, you know, get back to like feeling the original spirit of the songs Mm -hmm. when I wrote them. Cause I mean, I write everything solo first. Like a lot of stuff is like, comes about as a solo thing, then bring it into a band setting to orchestrate it and arrange it and everything. So it was kind of like returning it back to sort of my original vision like what i wanted to say with it if that makes sense
0: well yeah and you know originally and i think the first the first uh the first full-length beach run jewel record i think has a good sort of mix of the styles but you know parts of it did have like some kind of dynamic range to it and then things along those lines and it kind of seemed like more the stuff you're going to is just the you know, for lack of a better term, kind of sensory overload. Like, you know, whoa! Like, here it comes! Like, all muscle! You know, coming
2: at you. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was definitely like the direction that it was going in, and I kind of wanted to go back to like some of the more nuanced stuff, mm, but I, I don't know that everybody in the band <laughs> did. So, you know, it was it was good for me to kind of just like go like to be forced to go back and be like, okay, what do I really want from these songs? Like what, what was the original intent? Like what was the original vision kind of
0: a thing? Well, and did you find by kind of stripping away the layers that that was easier to discover?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was like, I was kind of forced to just by nature of, you know, there wasn't like no one else driving me in a certain direction. It was just kind of like, I, it, a lot of what I do is, is very like physical for me. like mm-hmm. a lot of the choices I make are just like based on like where different sounds are resonating with my body and stuff. So it really got me back in tune with that, which I think really like guided me in a good way.
2: So
0: talk to me about uh, some of the rest of the songs on the record. You've, you know, at the time of this recording. You've got uh, three of these available publicly. There's Nurse and None, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the earlier version of Brother with the video that, that's out there. Uh, mm-hmm. The first, I think the first song, if I remember correctly, was Animal
1: Kingdom. So t- tell me about Animal Kingdom. So Animal Kingdom was funny. That one was almost not on the record. Um, like right before we were going to record, Nick was like, we need another ripper for the album. And I was like, I don't know if I can just... Write one on demand <laughs> Go Like Like it was like We already had the session Like booked With Kurt And everything And I was like What Like And so I was Racking my brain And I was like Well I have this like Two minute Thing But I'd always had, Kind of had a problem With that song Because it's Just like It's so Short And a lot of My songs are like I Have this like Deep emotional Connection to them And that Song is like there's not really like it's more like a character speaking than like an emotional type thing. Mm. So I was having trouble visualizing it in the context of the album, but I like played it for Nick and he was like, Oh yeah, like we're definitely doing this one (laughs) for the album. I was like, okay. And it was really funny because even when we were in the studio, I didn't really, um, I I was still kind of unsure about it. But then um, when Kurt sent us the first round of, uh, first mixes mm-hmm. back. That was the first song I heard, and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" Like, <laughs> "Oh right. my god, I love this song." <laughs> <laughs> well, and and
0: it's you know it, it does make for a for a great album intro because like many great album intros, it is, it is a ripper. You know, just it comes mm-hmm. out sort of sets the terms of debate early on, and you know, and then allows you to kind of to go different places. Uh, yeah. Did you did you think, hey, this is this is definitely the first song, or is it? You know, something that kind of came more with sequencing, that it just made sense to go there.
1: Um, I I can't remember in hindsight if we had thought about using that as the first song in the album or not. But I definitely when but the, the, since that was the, the first recording that I heard from the, the our session, I definitely by that point was like, oh yeah, we should lead off with this one mm-hmm. just because I liked it so much. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah
0: nothing wrong with that at all and that's uh and so yeah so as you mentioned you you record everything there's recorded and mixed by kurt that was all done at god city did you uh was that like how did, how did that come to pass was that just what the vision was f- for the music like did you already have a previously existing relationship with with kurt like uh, it's, no because you're a I, chicago band so right there are certain yeah. studios that would make more sense necessarily. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because, like, the, I think the idea first came up when we were um, on the way. I think we, actually we were on the way to play in Racine with you. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this was like a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were just kind of like shooting the shit in the car and like talking about, like, oh, eventually when we record, like, who, who like, who, like if you if money was no object, like who would you want to record with? And Nick was like, "Oh, definitely Kurt blue, I love everything that comes out of God City." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like to me, I was just like, that would be such a awesome thing, just because I love that kind of thing when like bands don't record with like the obvious person mm-hmm. to record with. Sure, yeah. it's like somebody who's just like slightly different, and then it's like who knows what that's going to sound like, but like, I want to find out.
0: (laughs) Right. Absolutely.
1: So, but like both of us were just kind of like, Oh, you know, he's probably too busy and like we could never afford it anyway. And then when we finally, it was like six months later when we finally got around, like we were like demoing out stuff. I was just kind of like, I'm just going to like, Email this guy (laughs) and see what happens. And I didn't even think he was gonna respond to me. And it was like, was it like just a cold email kind of situation? Yeah, it was totally like I want. (laughs) It was like I want to work with Kurt because, like, it was like the dorgiest email. Um, Yeah, and it was just basically because it was like I've never really worked in the studio with another guitar player i feel like every studio person i work with is always like a drummer or bassist and um like sometimes the guitar just gets like short shrift it was just kind of like oh and just mike the guitar and there it is you know and like i i really wanted the experience of like recording with like a guitar player that i love and respect, you know. Who has his own very
0: iconic style as well. I mean Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's very idiosyncratic in his own right.
1: Right. And so um I was just kinda like I don't know if this guy is gonna like get back to me, but it was this is like the sad part of it. Like I my dog that I'd have for like fifteen years was kinda this was she was kind of like on her last legs. We knew she didn't have very long to live and i was just like i was was like i have to like get out of here i have to like go somewhere else and record this album and i was actually like i was just like so emotional actually when i emailed him because i was like it's just gonna crush me if he doesn't even respond to me because it was just like i need this and fortunately he like got right back to me and was like oh yeah let's do it and i was just like what (laughs) Right. So, yeah, we it, we just made it happen. I was just like, all right, I'm going to do I'm going to move heaven and earth to like make this happen. Sure. I
0: mean, and, and that's something that you know, it, it, there's definitely a heavy vibe to the record. Uh not necessarily like, you know, it seems like it's informed of any one event, but there's definitely there's a feeling of of uh, you know, for lack of a better term, emotional density, I guess, with it. And that's um yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's 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 aces, and it, because of that, it it has a sort of preloaded weight to it that is not <laughs> has something that I think uh, a lot of the more ephemeral sounding, if not purposefully ephemeral, stuff lacks. Uh, that I'm certainly always drawn towards. Like, I, you know, I, I I'm not a flippant man, so I don't like flippant music, but. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and did you think that you know kurt having ears on it that uh was there because you're you've, you've got you've got your setup and you've got mm-hmm. your setup that you play and it's it's pretty locked in did you deviate much from it did you try different like amps different different things along those lines or was it pretty much just what you hear in the show is pretty much what's on the record
1: um, well we totally did. I got like, he, he pulled out like all the amps and cabs that he had and he was like, all right, we're like doing a shootout with all of them. So oh, I just wow, had okay. to try everything out. But it's, it's funny cause he had a, um, like a 50 watt trainer head that just like I use. And I'm, I'm so used to that sound that I was trying out other stuff and he was kind of like trying to push me more towards like the bad cats that he plays, mm-hmm. but I was like, they sound good, but it's, I'm just like, it's, it's not me, you know? Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to go with the trainer. Cause it's just, you know, <laughs> well, like that's, what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it feels like my voice, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll change it up in the future. But um, was gonna, he was, was like, say, "All right, cool."
0: You, you can get that chainer sponsorship.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. they're
0: they're uh, that's, a, that's a whole thing. That's a whole different show.
1: Where's Pete? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's it's good enough for good enough for a Canuck. Good enough for. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan as well. So so okay so you you kind of record on something that's you know you know relatively close to yeah what, what you're the, used to
1: the cool thing was so kurt kurt is obviously a pedal guy mm-hmm. and um so he i mean, he just has like mountains of pedals at the studio so that was also one of my favorite parts is um like when we were getting ready to record guitar, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna be in the room with my amp," and he's like, "No, like you're gonna be in the control room." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna play well. I like I need to be in front of my amplifier." And he was like, "No." <laughs> and so like,
2: okay,
1: yeah. So I'm in the control room, and like he just like hooked up a bunch of pedals, and it was so interesting watching him work because I'm not huge into pedals. Usually, yeah. I just have like one or two that i like but i mean he the way he works with them is so interesting and like on the record like he's actually during some parts like actually like manipulating the pedals like while i'm playing and some of like the pedal noise that he's getting like i didn't even know you could get that out of pedals (laughs) like i mean stuff that approximates like actual feedback um but I'm not even like in the room with my amplifier it was I don't know it was really cool that sh- that really ch- like changed my um how I view pedals I'm not like I'm a little bit of like a pedal cynic and that <laughs> washed away my cynicism <laughs> All right. wow, so that, that definitely puts
0: you at odds with the, the the vast majority of of where it seems like you know, it seems like people would rather talk about pedals than talk about songs these days, a lot of times. Yeah. You, know, and I, I, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm guilty of this same crap, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, um, I think it's a lot easier to fall down the rabbit hole with it just because, you know, we've had, we've had people on the show and it is kind of like a boutique pedal revolution now. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, it used to be, like, the only thing you could find would be, like, Oh, there's a boss pedal. Here's like the same yellow boss pedal that like everyone has, and and, yeah. like, and like now it's like oh my god, there's like a million of everything, and you can get them in any colors or size or from, you know, any types of manufacturers, and uh, yeah, it's it's it can be quite overwhelming if you get it. Anyway, this is pedal talk with uh, Conan and Doug. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as how you tracked it, was it pretty much? mostly like how you played it live like meaning did you were you doing the were you doing the move bass on your on your leg as well while you were doing it? Or did you just do it as an overdub or
1: how, how did that no out? yeah I, I went in there because we didn't have like a ton of studio time so i was like oh yeah i'm just gonna play both at once and was, then was he
0: like no you're not or what yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was there was a lot of like kurt being very nice and like telling me no
0: <laughs> yeah, i don't think that's a good idea i think you should yeah, not do yeah
1: and because, okay, because this is the other thing. Like, for me, I'm not, you know, like a technical musician, you know, like I'm not, obviously, if I was going for, you know, precision. I would not be playing two instruments at once. So I tend to be more
0: <laughs> like, That's a very diplomatic way of putting that. Yeah. Like, i I'd agree.
1: <laughs> it's like, I'm definitely more like feelings oriented. Like it's more about like the spirit of everything. Sure. And, um, I was actually afraid that like how Kurt was going to react to that. Cause I mean, he obviously is like a very technical guy but he was really cool about it he was just like no i totally appreciate that kind of music and like really like it and i was like oh good (laughs) um but yeah i the long way of answering that is yeah i did guitar first and then bass separately just to not have tons of fuck ups (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: and did you ever did you do the thing that you know you, you can definitely do in the studio but you really can't do live where you, you mentioned he was messing around with pedals but like will you kind of like change the settings as you're as you're going and uh you got like one person on the pedal and one person on the guitar yeah, uh yeah yeah like
1: when we were doing bass um kurt was even like helping me like with the like Cause I have all these different buttons that I have to press in addition to the actual keys. Right. Right. So he I was like telling him like which ones to press when. (laughs) Yeah. You (laughs) get like another,
0: another pair of hands to, to do. Right. right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it was pretty amusing, but you know, something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, something different. Absolutely. Uh, So the, the whole thing is got like i said it's very very emotionally dense right and it's what kind of stuff was informed by it? and the reason why i ask is because i think some of the earlier beatruns runs jewel stuff you know had a little more dynamic range had like kind of like almost um you know like real like start from a whisper you know end and bang maybe vice versa kind of situation mm-hmm. and almost kind of seem like mm almost like old blues or like R and B or something, but like definitely put through your own, your own meat grinder. <laughs> before yeah. It comes out. Uh, where were, where were these songs coming from as far as, you know, compositionally, like where, where were you at? What were you listening to? What kind of stuff were you thinking of?
1: Um, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I do is just kind of comes out of me. Just kind of like, fucking around with different sounds and then whatever those sounds kind of remind me of it's kind of like more of an organic thing like it's i'm i don't know if i'm weird in this sense but like i have a really tough time like if somebody's like write a song like this type of song I like, Oh, like when Nick was like, Oh, we need a ripper. Like we need, (laughs) you know, like a two minute punk song or something. It's like, I can't do it. It has to like happen organically where I just become like fascinated by something. And then it just kind of like goes from there sort of a thing. And then just whatever kind of influences from over like the course of my life that just sort of like fit that sort of thing. Is it, Just this, kind of coalesce around it, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, does that type of attachment come? Uh, th- does that also count for like crazy stiletto nails that have like P90s
1: <laughs> <the> resistors <laughs> on them? <laughs> this, okay, this is the weird thing. Uh, so, about the, this is the Animal Kingdom yeah, yeah, video yeah. that you're referring to. Yes. So, um, great video, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. So, th- the weird thing about that song is when I first wrote it, because I, like, later abandoned it for a while. But when I first wrote it, I had this thing in my head about, like, these long nails. Uh It was, like, I kind of, like, saw the video in my mind. And um, that never happens to me with songs. Like, almost never. And I started, like, Googling all these images of, like, different, like, long acrylic nails and, like, weird stuff that people do with their nails. Mm -hmm. And I just became like kind of obsessed with it, and then forgot about the song for a while. And then when we recorded it, and I loved it so much, it was like that idea came back to me, and I was like, "We have to make this video with the nails." <laughs> so the, so, so that happened. was like almost a
0: holdover from uh, from having it around before, because it is sort yeah. of like, and and that is some sort of interesting territory because you know you are a bit of a gearhead, and it's something where you know, boutique nails aren't necessarily something that you think of along with boutique electronics normally. Like, it's not; they're not normally associated, which kind of is, you know, they're incongruent elements. And that's interesting, especially if anyone's, like, paying the slightest bit of attention (laughs) to
1: the details of it. Well, I love that kind of stuff. Like, I love mixing up, like, things that are technical with, like, things that are sensual or, you know, like, things that are... Maybe stereotypically masculine with things that are stereotypically feminine, and therefore you don't often see them together, even though there's no actual gender to any of it. If that makes sense?
0: No, totally, because there is this sort of stigma. You know, harping back to what we were talking about earlier when you t- when you talked about um, you know, we we're talking about you know whatever noisy music and whatnot. There there's mm-hmm. certain social signifiers that come with that. That you know, a lot of times, and again, I I. I've used this apparently the past couple episodes, but it it comes down to being like dudes yelling music. And, uh, and and that's a joke canonism credit where credit's due, but it's like, Oh God, it's like the (laughs) best summation of that. It is totally dudes yelling. (laughs) It can be great, but it's, you know, it's dudes yelling. And it's something where I think there tends to be sort of masculine attributes uh, applied to that kind of noisy music. A lot of times, specifically just because of that cultural history especially you know from the 90s and the, you know all the touchstone 90s bands and and whatnot but i think it's right. interesting that the the juno stuff it manages to be you know it's not outwardly aggressive all the time but it certainly has aggressive moments but i don't think it, it necessarily sacrifices any of the femininity at all like it, it isn't something where it's trying to like put on a mask necessarily uh, it, it seems very honest, but I think it's 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 just a shame that you don't hear that very often, and I don't know why necessarily. The fact that it's a, you know it's, it's a bunch of dudes yelling and that can be <laughs> that can be off putting, I guess. And it doesn't. <laughs> and there aren't a lot of bands that necessarily push the sounds forward, so you know, it's sort of like, ah, oh, yeah, we get you, like Helmet, cool, good for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's so I, like Junior,
0: huh? Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> it's weird because, like, for me, I mean, I didn't grow up you know really like worshiping heavy bands or anything Mm -hmm. or um even thinking that i would ever like scream or yell or anything in my music that's also something that just kind of happened organically for me because i i didn't sing for a long time i only started singing probably like five or six years ago and um it was just like this weird thing that happened like the first time I went on stage to perform stuff. It was just like this voice kinda like naturally came out of me. Mm-hmm. Like I get this weird thing sometimes is it doesn't usually happen in a band setting, but it happens when I'm performing solo that it's just like um uh, I don't know, <laughs> this thing kinda comes over me and I I feel this kind of like you will listen to me now <laughs> sort of a thing. And it's totally. like I cannot it's it's like I cannot have a weak voice on stage. Like it it's just like this energy that like comes over me that like I have to be like powerful and forceful with what I'm doing. And like for some people it's like that has no gender, but I know there's like other people that like I've definitely had a guy once come up to me after a show and he was like, Wow, you're as angry as a man <laughs> which I'm like wow um probably think uh, women have a lot more reason to be angry than men do. Yeah, I mean how <laughs> but,
0: do you, how do you even start with a comment like that? would be like, "Oh, oh my god. god, Conan, I've heard them all."
1: <laughs> Trust me. Well, although I, was, it, I have yeah. to say it's 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 gotten better over the past like year or two for sure I get way fewer shitty or shitty comments than I used to.
0: So So and, and you know, that's that's kind of an important distinction as well is that you know there, there is for lack of a better i wouldn't even necessarily call it i mean there is gender bias but i wouldn't call it gender bias so much as just gender ignorance almost
1: yeah uh, it's <laughs> just not thinking before you open your fucking mouth right it's exactly so true and,
0: and and again i would postulate that in general you know that that's something that afflicts most people but it's definitely uh, there's a certain <laughs> type of dude that just yeah Gosh, you, 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 you're, no you're hoping filter. for the best for him, you know, but like <laughs> you wonder sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, do you think that? Because uh, you know, stuff does does get pretty ferocious. Uh, like, is it something that? Uh, and then there is something also to yeah, because because Nick's there, and, you know, Nick's holding, holding on the drums, but mm-hmm. you know, you're you're doing three things: you're singing, you're playing guitar, you're you're doing the your your legs doing the bass. And so we're not you know, the leg doesn't necessarily have its own personality that I'm aware of. Yeah,
1: so, we're developing one. For right?
0: Her. Who knows where the where the day will take us? Maybe you'll have creative <laughs> differences with your leg, and that's a whole yeah. situation.
1: <laughs> but
0: you know, you you got the sort of identity of you as uh, as a person and as a woman is, is you know, for lack of a better term, it's sort of melded with something of the band, uh, at mm. least from from the from an outside perspective, and that can be something where, and I think most of culture is kind of going that way. Also, um, like it, like as much as it's yeah, it's cool to be mysterious and kind of like oh, the music speaks for itself, man, this and that. But <laughs> you know, it, not no, not anymore. Like it's, it's everything's kind of tied together now, and so it's something where you know it's it, it can it can I'm sure lead to some interesting interactions uh, that you know especially someone's like, like hey you got to buy something or are you just gonna just
1: talk about nothing for like
0: 20 minutes like what's what's going on here
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny it's like i think sort of coinciding with the whole me too thing i think people who may not have been so conscious about their behavior or their comments or their personal space or their touching you and things like that that's i feel like that's changed a lot um where it's just i don't you know i can go to shows now and like not even have a single interaction that (laughs) makes me be like uh you know yeah and that's awesome i'm really happy about that and so um yeah (laughs) yeah I mean about it but <laughs> no no it's and
0: then you'd like to think that it wouldn't have taken that long for people to have that level of self awareness yeah. but of course we all do live in the real world and you know sometimes it, sometimes I guess it takes that long and you you're just you're you're glad that they got there
1: yeah yeah uh, exactly
0: but it, then it's also interesting too that at least like you know with, with the visuals you know with the album art, with the videos like you don't shy away from 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 putting yourself out there so it's something where you you've got this like really intense band, this really intense music with like you know this this, this deep emotional density. I'm just gonna keep going back to that because I feel good about that. And <laughs> you know you're also a person. You're also a human being that is sometimes not that person as, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you feel that it's something where like, like would you make it? Would you liken it more to be like a superhero necessarily? <laughs> where you can like, put on the costume and take it off or is it something where it's just something you, you you feel like you're just I'm an artist and I do this all the time and this is who I am
1: yeah no it's really funny because um I was just reading um an article a music writer had done it was like kind of a roundup of um different like front women or front different front people in metal bands mm, that okay. really like embrace their femininity and like express it on stage. And even though I don't play metal, I related to this article so much. Cause like the interviews that she did um, with the different um, musicians, there, there was so much of it. Like people that were like, I always felt pressure to not dress like myself because like especially in metal it's like you want to be one of the dudes like you don't want your gender to be you know the focus of what you're doing Mm -hmm. and then they all at some point and this is true of me too had the experience where they're just like fuck it like this is not who i am like i am i just do identify with like very feminine qualities and Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna do that and like wear dresses on stage. Or like one of the girls was like, I like glitter. (laughs) Like I'm just doing the glitter thing now.
0: Let everybody know.
1: (laughs) Doesn't mean the riffs
0: are any weaker than, you know, than before, but there's going to be glitter involved.
1: And it's just, it's funny to think about that. Because I think from the outside looking in, people think, especially with women who play like heavier, more aggressive music, that that's sort of like a costume, like being feminine while you're doing that is like, like a costume that right. you're putting on yeah. and it's actually like the opposite like i i wore more flannel on stage like for a very long time because it was like i felt pressure to like like it was like this thing like i didn't want anybody to think that like anyone liked my band for anything other than my guitar playing you right. know like that was like a big point of concern of mine and then one day i was just like who the fuck cares like why <laughs> why why am I like caring about any of this? Like, it's not my problem. I'm just going to dress like the way. Cause that's the thing is like in my everyday life, like I wear dresses all the time and I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that on stage? You know, sure, <laughs> why no, wouldn't no. I dress I, like it, myself?
0: And, and and that's something that, you know, again, I think most dudes would never think twice about, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a, it's a societal construct. It's a social thing that it's, there's this, you know, this, this expected somehow like male gaze that at least like the attention has been drawn to uh, in the past couple of years, you know, the more egregious examples at least. And, uh, and of course there are, you know, there, there are some, some women that like lean into it and they're just like, oh, you're just going to allow yourself to be made into like a sex toy of some kind. So you can be on a, a magazine cover because, you know, your songs suck and you're, Riffs are weak, and okay, that's how you're going to play that. Okay, cool. But I think there's this, you know, this sort of mindset that, yeah, you have to bury like those aspects of your identity to be taken seriously or something, which is just like very weird and provincial. And I've never really understood that. Um, Right. It's a real thing, though. And again, that's something coming from me. So I could only imagine, you know, speaking as a dude. Like, if I've noticed it, like, holy crap, I can only imagine, like, how much worse it must be with, you know, these knuckle draggers running around.
1: Well, it's weird. It's, like, this thing that whoever, like, I feel like I would get more shitty comments when I was not being myself Mm -hmm. than when I, like, just started, like, being who I am, dressing the way I am, like, not really, like, caring what anybody thought. It's like I don't get it's like I don't get those comments about like the way I look. Right, right. Like I would get more comments about my appearance, you know, when I was like dressed down than when I was dressed up, kind of a thing. Like, you know, and like with the animal kingdom video, I'm like running around around in this like BDSM dress and like I Part of me was like I don't know how what, what if people are going to like say something about it but I also didn't care cuz that, but that dress is so me. <laughs> but I was just like I have to do this. And it's funny that I haven't gotten like a single comment about it like except for people being like oh that dress is really cool. So it's just funny that it was just like I don't know any fear that I had about it was just all in my head. I mean it 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 doesn't even like really matter. I guess that's, that's makes right.
0: sense. And, and you know, it, it seems like it's it's better by far to just be more true to yourself, I suppose, than like in, yeah, <laughs> than not for but, sure. Uh, but again, that's you know, it's easier to do when you don't have you know the the if you ignore this the social and societal pressure to be one way or like conform to these standards. I mean, we were talking about gear earlier. Like, I happen to know you're something of a gearhead, which anybody that pays the slightest bit of attention to your live setup would definitely understand because mm-hmm. again, it's a, almost objectively insane to come together with a uh, with, with with a oh I'm gonna play bass with the leg too that's what's gonna be happening but <laughs> I mean god you want to talk about like not necessarily evolved entities uh your know, forums and things like that good lord like it's
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: it seems like a hellscape, like a nightmare without a dream
1: yeah no I mean definitely that's like Yeah, gear boards. I mean, I they're just like a collection of, you know, ancient history also. So there's just always forever going to be like sexist shit posted there. Yeah, the um, last
0: vestige of the complete Neanderthal.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's why it's like, to me, it's important to also like... For women who are into gear to like really be loud and like present about it because sure. I do feel like that is like a part of music that like traditionally has not been equal. Like, I was just talking about this. Like, if you want to be um, like if you're into gear and like want to learn about gear, like a lot of that is just acquiring. Mm-hmm. Stuff on the internet Which is not always Safe for women to do Like going out to like Some random address on I mean, Craigslist Because you need to like Pick yeah. up this head Meet, meet me to dude at the
0: Walmart parking lot And uh, <laughs> some backwoods
1: town right. I mean it's, it's something that like Maybe certain guys like Might not even think twice about yeah. But like as a woman Or you know just anyone Who like you know, might have something bad happen to them. Like, we'll think twice about that and be like, okay, you know, I got to wait till I get like a friend to go with me. But like, if you wait, like you might miss out on that piece of gear. So it's just like things like that. And then also just a lot of getting familiar with gear is like knowing people who have a ton of gear Which a lot of times are dudes, because like dudes, all you know, like the gear is dominated by them. So it's like you have to be like friends with gear dudes, (laughs) you know. And it's (laughs) which
0: has its own set of challenges,
1: (laughs) right? So I mean, it's just like this kind of thing where it's like, well, you know, like often that those are like different circles that like you need to enter. Whereas you know, you're not like automatically invited and this is traditionally in the past i think like things are changing a lot but i think because of those like precedents it's still harder for women to catch up and then also just the money involved in acquiring the stuff and selling it i gotta say like i don't even know if this is because i have like this weird thing where it's like i don't know if i want to invite like weird guys over to my house i (laughs) I have a stockpile of gear that i just I really need to sell like, so I can get more shed, but it's just like I get like weird about it, and it's like okay, I got to like make sure my husband's home at the time, and it just like is yeah kind of limiting. And, so. and just
0: the act of of selling things on the internet alone is a you know nightmare without a dream. So when you factor oh, yeah. in all the rest of these, it's like oh god,
1: that sounds yeah. terrible.
0: <laughs> so I mean, and that brings up an interesting question. I mean, do you feel that? you know like do you feel like there's anything that could be done to sort of unbalance or rebalance the unbalanced sort of gender uh inequality towards there being god, I don't want to say it but almost there being like a safe space <laughs> for like people to like talk about you know gear where they know they're not gonna get hassled or pestered or harassed or you know yeah put I in mean, physical danger
1: like I think it's um a lot of, like, I got invited um, to do, like, an amplifier workshop. Somebody was, yeah, like, yeah, some I, I want something, to, somebody to do the, a thing about amplifiers for, but it's just, like, only women, non-binary, trans people, like, there so they can, like, feel safe about, like, asking questions and everything. And I was, like, sure. You know, and I think it's things, doing things like that and then also having like women and non-binary people who are into gear like being you know try like people people find it like seeking out those people who are knowledgeable about gear and like making them more prominent like women who build gear like making sure to like share who those women are, you know, like share their stores, you know, doing things like that. Just like has happened with bands when like guys have made the effort to like, Hey, maybe instead of having like all dude bands on this bill, like make sure that it's inclusive of like women and non-binary people, you know, in that same way. It's just like, make sure if you're like, if you share a lot of stuff about gear, like seek out, you know other people women and non-binary people who like Build pedals or Amplifiers yeah. or things like that you know And like Yeah just trying to like make An effort to like pro- Because th- there are people out there It's just you know They're just not going to be as prominent as like The well-known guys
0: Yeah and, and, and that's something that does require effort And does require thought it's just like uh, For me You know, not to immediately turn it back around to me, but I guess my name's on the show, so I can't, (laughs) Uh, you know, like when, when like, for instance, you mentioned building bills, like it's important to me not just to have bills that are bands that I like, which is always the first thing, but also, you know, I, it's, I think it's important for culture for it to be inclusive. So when there's like, oh, it's not just a band I like, but it's not just a pack of white dudes or better yet dudes yelling white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the better. That's, that's And that's it. You know, I do love some doozy LA music. Don't get me wrong. Um, me too. But that's a way that you can use what power you have to sort of build community and, and make things more inclusive. And it should just be something that's naturally done, right? But this idea of things being an absolute meritocracy, I think, completely disallows the, the point that there is... You know, in order for that to be the case, it needs to be powerful advocacy for the disenfranchised. And that also means creating spaces that are, you know, comfortable for them to to do their thing and allow that opportunity. And that's not an assumed thing. And, you know, nobody likes talking about privilege or stuff and things along those lines. But it's it's, it's a thing. And at least it's something that even if people aren't necessarily having the right prescriptions for it, it is at least in the conversation. And that's kind of nice,
1: I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's something that's like, it's, it's not even something that takes like that much work. It's just having that thought. Like when you meet somebody of a different gender who is doing something cool, like making an effort to remember that and like, just like post something about it or invite them to do something you know, it's it's not just like, a, hey, we need to make sure there's a woman on this bill. It doesn't right. matter who. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> kind the, of a thing. Uh,
0: and that's the other side of it, which is you know enabling mediocrity or perceived mediocrity uh, from, and and that's and that's not the way to do it because cause, cause the idea should always be, you know, in order to be inclusive, doesn't necessarily mean blindly inclusive as as, as well, and it, it shouldn't be something you have to think that hard about. Frankly, I don't think.
1: But I don't, you know, i yeah. It's just like thinking beyond like your immediate social circle, which may be all people of one gender.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. If you if you play in a dudes yelling band and you only know other bands that are in dudes yelling bands, and maybe you only think of dudes yelling when you want to play shows, and that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, having nothing to do with literally any of that, you you played this House of Van show. This was like a bigger show that you you did some of recently. How did that? uh, How had that work out? How'd that come to pass?
1: Oh my god, that was amazing. Um, that was with Converge. Converge, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was like probably like a a week after we like finished the album with Kurt, we just got like a message. It was like, um, like a booker that was like, "Hey, do you want to open for Converge at House of Vans?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's this weird thing that House of Vans does, though. But, but they don't announce shows until, like, a week before yeah. the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, like, this funny thing is Nick and I were just, like, dying for to play this show. But it was, like, you know, it was, all, like, that was the thing we were looking forward to at the end of summer. and then, <laughs> But it was never announced. So it was, like, this feeling, like... <gasps> could it fall through at the last minute or right, right. <laughs> will it, it actually doesn't seem happen? real or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it worked out.
0: So. and that's something they've done for a while. Like I think when they, when they very first started it, the idea was like, Oh, here's this band that, you know, everyone wants to see and oh, they're playing. Oh, and this is crazy. And like, Oh man, this is something that becomes an event. And so you think of vans the next time that, uh, you, you know, you talk about how crazy it was that you found this thing at the last minute, but they kind of got so wrapped up into it that, I don't know. I don't know if like culture is different now. And like, I don't know if that necessarily has the same impact that it used to. Uh, well, there was, I, don't know. Maybe, I maybe it does, but
1: there were people at the show who were like, Oh, we've come to every one of these. Like they're oh, just really? very okay. much like, yeah. The hell do I know? And, okay. <laughs> and, it, and, and that was kind of interesting. Cause it was like people that I'm like, you don't seem like you're converged. <laughs> fans yeah, yeah, exactly what's you your know? favorite
0: converge record <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> so but, but um it was cool because they were like wow they're they were amazing i was like well yeah okay i'm glad you could appreciate that because they they are amazing so yeah yeah um it it's kind of cool that like you know people that you think would not normally be into like hardcore music or you know were like wow that was really good so well, yeah <laughs> and,
0: and that's always nice to get you know out of your circle and uh you know into uh, like different spaces and, and playing in front of different people to to see it and then that, and that can be interesting to see like what kind of reaction feedback you, you get out of people i like, do you find that people that have you know maybe if they lack the cultural shorthand uh to you know normally describe like the music whatever do you feel like they come up with like kind of crazier things to describe it or is it something where they can even describe it
1: yeah i mean usually like i i always feel like whenever people describe either your music or any type of music it says more about who they are than than <laughs> the, the person right. that they're describing yeah, yeah. cuz like you can kind of like tell what what the breadth of their knowledge of any one area of music, but um,
0: sounds like Foo Fighters, but with different vocals,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, you'll get like oh, it's such a wide range of you know responses to like the same music, but we were we were kind of didn't know what you know converged fans would think yeah. of us because we're obviously like not at all <laughs> the same. I mean, like, we have like heavier songs but just not even close to being in the same vein but like it was cool because the because converge put together the bill so they also had um like cloud nothings on there oh, okay. which is like a little like different kind of a choice too yeah. and it was like it was really cool that they're like fans of all different types of music so it's not like they only play with like Hardcore bands or metal bands or yeah, something there. Yeah, it's
0: like they're just picking bands that they like. And the yeah. That they want to feel, which is, I mean, if more bands did that, I think, you know, the whole underground would be a little better off, frankly.
1: Oh my God. Amen. I mean, that was, I mean, I just felt so lucky to have that opportunity because that's just something that, like, never happens to me at least yeah <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah it's, it's to, such a rare thing <laughs> yeah and to like get something just based on like the merits of what you're doing not like yeah, it seems like know, such a shock. anything else <laughs> i know it's like yeah music is like the least meritocracy of any, anything on earth Yeah. but yeah that was that meant a lot to us we we're just like really appreciated that show and i was also i didn't know how i was gonna respond to it because i've clearly never played a room that big before Somebody somebody's told me capacity there's like 900 oh wow and but it was funny because um right before we went on stage it was like i was not nervous at all i was just like so fucking excited to get out there and um that was nice because sometimes i get nervous for shows mm-hmm. like if there's like if it's a really small show, like the smaller the show is, the more nervous oh, I get. Okay. Do you think there's like I a don't correlation know why. to that? Or like what's I have the... no idea. I think it's more just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. If it's just cause it's like more intimate or something. Like if you're just playing in a big room, it's like once it gets past, you know, a hundred people, it's like, who cares? (laughs) I don't know. It could be any number (laughs) of people. Like, you're not really like aware that much of the audience, you know?
0: It's like, uh, uh, this is going to be an oblique reference, but hang with me. Uh, in, in watership down, like how the rabbits have like, you know, they have a name for like a single rabbit and they have a word for like, you know, two rabbits, uh, and like, I think three rabbits. And then if there's more than three, it's just, they have a word for more than three rabbits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That
0: seems apt. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can and it's been so damn long since I read that book. I couldn't even tell you what the word is, but I, that always kind of stuck <laughs> with me. So, and, and I'm gonna probably get an email saying like, "Oh, actually, it's four rabbits." I'm like, I don't care. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, um, I was gonna. Do that. Oh yeah, so the uh, we we talked about Animal Kingdom on the record. and We talked about Nurse and Nun. Uh, you, at, again, at the time of the recording of this, there's a, a pretty new one out that seems very class conscience. Which is a uh, "Bless Your Money." It's about halfway through the record, eh, roughly halfway. It's a number seven. Yeah.
1: starts off side B. Uh,
0: yeah, B side kick off. Uh, tell us about tell us about that song.
1: Um, so "Bless Your Money" is just basically a lot of the stuff was written over the course of like the past two to three years, which like the politics was kind of inescapable during that time. So, a lot of yeah. it's about um, just dark money in politics, and basically the fact that um, the rise of the ultra right has been basically fu- fueled by billionaires, these ultra right wing billionaires that are trying to preserve. Their own status, so it was kind of inspired by that sort of thing. It's just, it's just a song of me like ranting about it for <laughs> three minutes because it makes me feel better. Because there's fucking nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly. I mean, the most frustrating thing is like we're all aware of it, and there's it just doesn't feel like there's anything we can do about it. And it's literally like the most horrible thing that's happening right now. And how is it fucking legal? That all of this money gets funneled into politics, yes. and we don't know where it comes from. Yeah, we I, do. I heard
0: <laughs> someone describe it as you know seeming like there's no adults in the room for any of it. And it's that, like, yeah, yeah, everybody's
1: you know? just looking the other way and then just being like,
0: "Well, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, oh, nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah, can't can't do anything. With this it's like okay, well, you could, you're, yeah. just, you're choosing not to." So So well done Well done for that Anyway that's (laughs) Cherry
1: Yeah there's definitely some Depressing political shit On that album but That's the times in which we live
0: Well exactly and it's You know it's at bare minimum A supporting character for uh, For for almost anything creatively
2: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Yeah
0: So th- there's other songs and again I've listened to the, the the whole record the record's great um highly recommend that, that people pre-order it whether it's uh, uh, vinyl or uh, there's there's a cassette release isn't there?
1: Yes. Yeah. Cassettes. Middleman Records um volunteered to do some cassettes for us so that was really awesome. Just got those in.
0: So put that in your walkman and uh and walk around with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are some some of the other songs because uh, again i haven't had as much time with the whole record as i as i have with the singles um you know including brother and Bill, who were which which were earlier on what what's what's mm-hmm. a song that you kind of think is is you know maybe has like a interesting or crazy story or concept behind it that uh people haven't heard yet if they're following along in real time
1: hmm easy story I was just talking the other day about this isn't so much about the song as like recording. Um there's a song at, towards the end of the record called Kiddo mm-hmm. which That's is secondized. um Yeah, it's it's like a really quiet song. Most of it's just um voice and guitar. Oh, there's some bass in there too. Um but it's just it's tonally much quieter than everything else on the album and um That one, I was having like a lot of trouble singing it in the studio, just because of like, it's like a proper singing (laughs) type song. Yeah, it's not it's not hollering, it's not it's not yelling. Yeah, I was I was just talking about this because it was like this really interesting moment where, um, like, Kirk could see that I was like struggling with the song, and at one point he goes. He's, he's like, I think the problem is, like, the difference between you singing it like a little girl versus, like, singing it like a woman. <laughs> wow. And it was, <laughs> yeah, it was really funny because it was, like, I mean, because the song's called Kiddo. Yeah. And um, it was just so funny that, like,
0: he he's
1: saw that. that yeah. And, like, I was not, like, I was just struggling with it. was, like, not aware of it. Cause I think I was just like mentally going into like this other place and he kind of like brought me back. So then it was like, I was like, okay, I know how to sing this now. And then that was like the take that we used on the album. And then, I don't know. It's just, it's also a really good example of like, Kurt's a really good producer, but I don't think like, I don't know if like people think of him that way. Well, I I think people like are very focused on like the type of sound that he gets for like a lot of bands. So I don't know if people talk that much about like how he is working in the studio like that, but that was kind of like an interesting example of like an influence that he had on the record. That was kind of cool.
0: Well, and was that something that, you know, after you hear that it
1: kind of rings the bell and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something you know, like I kind of think about. We even—I don't know if it's one that we'll ever like do live because it really takes. <laughs> it would take down the set a lot.
0: Yeah, doesn't exactly but, um, uh, fit with the vibe necessarily.
1: Yeah, but it's something that like I do like think about now when I'm like gonna sing that song. You know, like thinking about it that way, like where I'm placing my voice, like what where I am in my head with it. Um, Because sometimes that happens, especially like singing is so psychological. Like Mm -hmm. if your Mm -hmm. head isn't focused in like the right place and so much of what I do is predicated on being in the right place. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it none the songs will not work if you see me live and I'm just like disengaged from the music, you'll be like. This music's terrible. <laughs> like, hey, this blows. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's like predicated on like seeing me look like I hundred percent fucking believe every single thing I'm saying, which I do. But it's like I have to like every time I start a song, like go to the headspace of like what that song is about and like why I wrote it and like why I feel so strongly about it. You know, because I, I feel like that's the thing that resonates with people like knowing like this song isn't just like a hey, like just wrote a song because I, really I wanted like it to pizza. like play this song is about how i like pizza right <laughs> it's like oh this person's like up here because like she has something to say and yeah. you know it's like believes it and you know is like this is about like something real and urgent you know because i feel like you know having like asking people to like just stand there and listen to you for (laughs) 30 minutes is like kind of a big ask, you know, like Hmm. it's like, to me, it's like you, I I feel like I really have to like deliver something big, you know, to warrant that. I don't know if most musicians feel that way or not, but I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: it's something, (laughs) well, I think you can, you can definitely tell the difference for those that don't. Yeah, that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no names mentioned. Me, it's like, it's like, and I'm like, I mean this sincerely. Like, it's a big honor for me to like play for people and like sure. have people listen to me. You know, and I, I, t- I take that like very seriously. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that that shows with the presentation. You know, it, it shows with. Again, with the stuff that y'all are putting forward, it definitely seems like, yeah, you're not, It it it's music of consequence. There's not anything uh, flippant about it. And, uh, you know, that's, again, sometimes people like things being more ephemeral and, like, light, so to speak. But, right. You know, even, and not to say that it's a bummer or anything, but it's not light music. And I think that that's, uh, you know, you either know if that's for you or you don't
1: exactly yeah we're definitely not a party band so <laughs> <laughs> if that's what, what you're looking for you will not like us it'd
0: be a very specific kind of party to, to put a point right.
1: like. yeah i mean we're still fun but you know yeah, yeah it's, like, just it's a different just,
0: kind of fun depends on what your idea right. of fun is
1: <laughs> yeah it's just like intense fun <laughs> yeah uh what, what's what's
0: uh, so, and I don't need, you know, again, you have to apologize. I don't even remember which one it is, but there's, there's a song called hand videos. And I think that that was, oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's why, why is that hand videos? Why is that?
1: <laughs> this is another one that Kurt was giving me shit about in the studio. Cause he was like, is that like some weird ass ASMR thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So is that like just like, some,
0: some, some subculture? I have no idea about or something. It's like, I that.
1: guess there's, there's no real term for it. Okay. You know how people take, like, selfie videos where uh-huh. they're, like, looking into the camera and, yeah, like, yeah. talking? So, like, I I get kind of, like, creeped out by those because I'm, like, I don't want to be up in your face yeah. <laughs> that much. But I love it when people take selfie videos of, like, their hands doing stuff. Like, a lot of times it's, it's like, gear videos that people do, like...
0: Someone wiring huddle. a speaker or something or
1: some kind of... Yeah like or like like a lot of like demo videos where people are like adjusting like pedals or amplifiers or stuff like that like it's cool cuz it's like this like POV like point of view shot yeah you know and it's like it's almost like you're like that person for a minute like watching huh. what they're doing like sometimes people like do it with like cooking or you know whatever and so I don't know if there's like a word like a hand selfie, <laughs> or like what the so I just call it hand videos. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but it's like the 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 concept for the song is it's like this love song. It's about like these two people who like um like communicate their feelings through like hand <laughs> hand videos. Really, it okay. sounds like so. It does sound really bad now. <laughs> Well, well, I, I mean, it's, it's not bad. Shirt. It just
0: sounds kind of, you know, like like okay. It sounds sure dirty. Maybe there's an audience for that. I don't. What do I know from it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's it's a big wide world out there.
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, that's the that's the answer. <laughs> what a hand video is.
0: I mean, you know, I, you you you. you Talking about, you know, what Kurt thinking it was like, what, uh, ASMR? Like, I had no idea what the hell that was. And then when I found out, I was somehow even more baffled. I was like, oh, my God, really? What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought. Well, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, then I thought about it. And I was like, well, oh, okay, you yeah, know, whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. There's, like, this recur, like, I wasn't even aware of it at the time. But there's, like, this re- recurring motif throughout the album about, hands. And, and, and the then hands
0: are in the, the video for animal kingdom too. Yes.
1: And then, yeah, that, that, then I was like kind of aware of it. When, cause this is the other thing I went on Instagram before we made that video and was like looking for different hand videos of like people with nails, like touching different stuff. That's where, um, cause there's all this like slime and stuff in that video that like uh-huh. people are touching and there's like a whole subculture on Instagram of people who just like make these like slime videos. <laughs> but I guess like, I, mean, I swear right. to God, these accounts have like millions of follow- followers. Like people are very into this stuff. Oh, so yeah, okay. yeah. Right. I love stuff like that, where it's like, who is the audience for this? And yeah. then I'm, I get fascinated by thinking about the type of people who are fascinated by that thing. If that
0: makes sense. <laughs> no, and and it's you know it's interesting to that in today's society the instinct is to like uh, put a big spotlight or or you know a very bare minimum a flashlight on everything and sort of expose it to the world and 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 to what are you know preconceived non heretical standards, but uh, one of the interesting things about culture. And how everything's connected together and the communication that happens with that is how it's allowed people to have these, you know, we'll just charitably say niche interests in things uh, to be able to connect up with each other and, you know, kind of serve whatever those needs are, whether, (laughs) whatever whatever anyone's trying to do with them. As long as it's between consenting adults. There you go. I don't necessarily want to know everything about it, but good on you if that's what you want to (laughs) do.
1: The internet hashtag the internet hashtag the internet so, okay, and
0: uh, th- I guess the last thing I want to say is that the song that we sort of neglected talking about uh, the most is one of the one of the first ones that came out built, uh, which I believe that was that was a Beatron jewel song before yes, right. yeah, that was one end. of the
1: first ones that I wrote for like this whole course of album. So it's actually funny because that w- that one um the structure is the same it's a good example of like how those songs translated into Juno the structure is sure. the same but like you know like the bass had to change completely cuz that was like one i'm doing something really complicated with that and that's still like just it, not even close to like what Jesse was doing like on bass for that song so it kind of like the way the moog kind of like changes the mood of the song was it like it, it the songs kind of like float a little bit more just because of those like sustained notes instead of having like the percussive, yeah, kind of yep,
0: yep,, yep
1: with it. So, um, yeah, that was kind of like a good introduction about like how some of the stuff kind of like evolved from that band to this one.
0: And stuff's still cool with Jesse and with Woody.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I miss those guys a ton. Like, I, to me, like, if we could have kept Beadron Jewel going, I would have been, like, very happy. (laughs) I mean, but it was also a kind of thing where I understood that, um, you know, people had their different things that they wanted. Like, it was, in some sense, it was like a side project for like every, like for me, it was obviously my main band, but for the other people, I think yeah, it was Jesse kind had of the more of like a, and
0: yeah, you with the man,
1: man. man. So, um, you know, it's it was this kind of thing where it's just like I became conscious of the fact that it's like it would have to be something that like everyone made a priority, like, there was their like main thing and i just i don't think it was like right for that like i mean i, I don't think it, that was going to like change for anyone else in the band but like that sound that we had developed was just like it was so dependent on each of those members i was like we it's not feature on jewel anymore unless we have like those exact people mm. yeah that makes sense so yeah, it was it was really hard to let that one go. I really loved those guys, so it was sad. But playing with Nick is awesome. I mean, it, the timing with that ended up being really good. Just, and I mean, it was sad that fake limbs kind of yeah hiatus d- dissolved hiatus. around that yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like it was good timing for us because it was just basically like you know, I didn't even know it at the time that like the last show that fake limbs had played ended up being like their kind of last show. Yeah. And Nick was like, yeah, we're not doing a whole bunch. So I'm very, a whole bunch right now. So I have time if like you want to sure, start yeah. something up. So then that's been amazing. He and his wife, Sarah, who does like a lot of our photography and everything, like they're just, They've been so awesome to me. Like, I can't even tell you, like, how much, like, they've, like, contributed to, like, ma- like, helping this album, like, finally become a reality. Like, you know, I, I couldn't do it without them. So it's been really amazing getting to getting to work with both of them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it seems like, again, um, you know, early on, but it seems like it's something where it's it's connecting with people and it's finding a greater audience. And, uh, you know, that's that's great. It's it's good to see people putting the work on things that are maybe not initially easy to parse and uh, seeing some semblance of reaction and reward from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, and that was something I learned from Beat Drawn Jewel because, like, when it ended, it was just so devastating to me. And I I felt like, you know, like, maybe I should have, like, been more active in, like, promoting the band and, like, you know. It, it just made me aware that, like, things can end really suddenly, yeah. you know? And you might feel like it's, like, before it's time, you know? And so, like, then with Juno, I've just been, like, you know, don't, I've just had, my instinct is always with music to just kind of, like, put it out there and then whoever likes it will find it and, you know, yeah, not, that's... like, make a big deal about it. Right. But, not, like, I th- that really lit a fire into my ass to be, like, no, like, if something is important to me and I feel good about what I'm doing, like, I need to, like... Be active and like letting people know about it so that the people who would be interested in, in it will find it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and also, you know, I, I was, was going to let you go without bringing this up, but, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but speaking personally, it took me approximately nine months, almost a year to actually like listen to Beat Drenjul and get into yeah. it because I literally could not remember the band name for yeah. the longest time. <laughs> and uh it's it's good it's good to see that you double down with uh something that yes. has a silent d
1: <laughs> it was funny so cuz i when we were trying to think of a name for <laughs> juna like you know I, I was like i can't name it something weird again like i cannot make that mistake and then i was throwing stuff around and nickton was kind of like uh, uh, and then i like was like well I texted him like Juna, and then he's like, "Oh, I like that." And then when I saw him, it, and he was like, "It's pronounced Juna, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, like people will get this." Yeah, like, yeah. And it was like, "It's easy. After that, it was like no one pronounced it correctly. After we like announced the band name, it was like very rare that Dijuna? somebody pronounced it correctly. <laughs> yeah, everybody was like, "Dejana, DJ Ana, D- <laughs> <Like>, DJ." <what? laughs> yeah. DJ Una. Oh, he does good work. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it's just like, everything. and I was like, oh fuck, I've done it again. Yeah, like yeah. well done. Picked <laughs> a weird name. But I just, I love bands with weird names. Like, that just, they always get like stuck in my head. Like, I'm just a weirdo like that. I like, if something is like a weird name or if I don't know how to pronounce it, then I just like obsessively say it over and over again in my mind
0: <laughs> well yeah and it's also something where there's not a lot of stuff called juna so you get away with having a one-word band name but then also yeah you know it's like the body futures thing if you if you look up those series of words you come up with that band and if you look up juna you're gonna come up with your band and this is true there's something to be said for that in this day of the internet now it doesn't necessarily, my, my friend used to have what we call the Drunk in a Bar test, which is attempting to tell your band name to an uh, inebriated person in a loud environment. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on the person. But
1: Yeah, Juna is is definitely an improvement over B. Drunjul. B. Drunjul
0: absolutely <laughs> failed that test, Donna, as much as I adored that band. That, that, that band was like one of the shining star examples of what not to do for that specific test.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean that was like kind of like the band started out as just like a Once you
0: know it, it's easy. It's fine. Yeah. Like, you gotta you gotta get that familiarity and
1: it's the spirit of that ba- the band was created not in the spirit of thinking it was ever gonna go anywhere right, like right. doing it was just yeah. like a songwriting experiment for me that like <laughs> pleasantly like did kind of well, but then w- the name was definitely an albatross. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I, you know, I I think Juna's a good name and uh, it's certainly a good band and I'm I'm really glad that uh, I took the opportunity to, to talk and I definitely am gonna urge everyone yeah. to check out the record. Um, you know, Juna D J U N A dot bandcamp dot com. You can uh N N-A-H. N-A-H. A
2: silent N-A-H. H N yeah, A yeah, sorry, 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 do <laughs> Don't don't forget.
0: Uh you can you can order the vinyl, you can order the cassette, you can um digital album all that stuff it's all in the normal places you would find music as well uh and it's a ripper i i, I dig it a lot so i appreciate you taking the time uh, and then the last thing i you know generally ask people when they're on this show is uh why do you do what you do
1: why do i do what i do um because i go nuts if i don't do it i'm not a pleasant person to be around <laughs> <laughs> so Brutal i'm shit. doing you all a favor <laughs> Beautiful. uh
0: thanks so much donna thanks for coming on the show
1: thank you conan it was great talking to you
0: likewise and uh yeah i'll uh I'm, i can't wait to uh, jam out the the vinyl when i get my copy it's gonna be great
1: yeah it's coming soon don't yeah. worry all
0: right take care
1: all right you too All right. And
0: so let's go ahead and uh, let's play a tune off the record here. Let's uh Let's hear brother. Talk a lot about it. Let's hear it.
2: Last night, in the Republican staff of this committee released a meeting in a timeline that shows that they interviewed two people who claim they were the ones who actually assaulted you. I'm asking you to address this new defense of mistaken identity directly. Dr. Ford, with what degree of certainty do you believe Brett Kevin like assaulted you? One hundred. Henry.
0: That's Juna with brother that's off of the record Exvoto that you can get on uh Bandcamp, Triple I Industries, Triple I. Uh juna.bandcamp.com d j u n a h You can also get it uh you know if you like those other streaming services, suppose you can go ahead and get those there too and that's okay. No wrong way to listen. <laughs> Uh, thank you again to Donna, to Donna Diane from Beatrice, Jewel, and Juna for being today's guest. Um, it's a real pleasure to have her on. Very unique talent. Can you hear me now? Hi, Lucy. Just getting that record. Yeah, how to do it? I haven't been clear enough about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming at you. All right. Well, once again, you've been listening thank to you. none other than the one and only and we thank you for that. The show airs Thursdays 8pm Eastern 7pm Central 6pm Mountain 5pm Pacific only on Radio nope. RadioNope.com Say yes to nope.
2: As we cover the
0: you know right now. Live listeners, party with me, punker. Music on, music app Coming up, Ryan's got some guests. He's got guests, baby. And Brad Mr. and Isaac, America. and uh, All the ships at sea. should be a punky good time. Anyone
1: within the sound of my voice.
0: Cool stuff coming up for this show. I've got RaiderNeutron.com for the archives. 50, watts of ah, shows on Spotify if you're uh, into that kind of thing. Which is a w- another way for people to listen, One which I've talking all about. the
2: air.
0: Tell a friend, tell none of me tell a friend of me about Protonic Reversal. Always helps. This
2: microphone. Sound into electricity.
0: Upgrade right, on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Can
2: you hear me now? It all helps. Out on Route 128, dark and
0: lonely. Catch you later. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
2: girl there is no special girl it's the see the end of radio the last announcer plays the last record the last what leaves the transmitter